time appropriate to meditation on the properties of connectivity. Citizen German was skilled in meditation, even for a banker. It was a grace in which he had schooled himself since earliest childhood. Citizen German, his young face composed, his slim body erect as he sat, but in no way tense or straining, successfully blanked out, one after another, all of the external sounds and sights and feelings that interfered with proper meditation. His mind was very nearly vacant, except of one central problem. Connectivity. Over his head and behind, out of sight, the cold air of the room seemed to thicken and form a blob, a blob of air. There was a name for those blobs of air. They had been seen before. They were a known fact of existence in Wheeling and in all the world. They came. They hovered. And then went away, sometimes not alone. If someone had been in the room with Citizen German to look at it, he would have seen a distortion, a twisting of what was behind the blob, like flawed glass, a lens, like an eye. And they were called eye. German meditated. The blob of air grew and slowly moved. A vagrant current that spun out from it caught a fragment of paper and whirled it to the floor. German stirred. The blob retreated. German, all unaware, disciplined his thoughts to disregard the interruption, to return to the central problem of connectivity. The blob hovered. From the other room, his wife's small, thrice-repeated throat-clearing signaled to him that she was decently dressed. German got up to go to her, his mind returning to the world, and the overhead eye spun restlessly and disappeared. Some miles east of Wheeling, Glenn Tropeel, a jack-of-every-trade who secretly wondered whether he was a human being, awoke on the couch of his apartment. He sat up, shivering. It was cold, damned cold. The damned sun was still damned bloody dark outside the window, and the apartment was soggy and chilled. He had kicked off the blankets in his sleep. Why couldn't he learn to sleep quietly like everyone else? Lacking a robe, he clutched them around him, got up and walked to the unglassed window. It was not unusual for Glenn Tropeel to wake up on his couch. This happened because Gala Tropeel had a temper, was inclined to exile him from her bed after a quarrel, and he knew he always had the advantage over her for the whole day following the night's exile. Therefore, the quarrel was worth it. An advantage was, by definition, worth anything you paid for it, or else it was no advantage. He could hear her moving about in one of the other rooms and cocked an ear, satisfied. She hadn't waked him. Therefore, she was about to make amends. A little itch in his spine or his brain... It was not a physical itch, so he couldn't locate it. He could only be sure that it was there, stopped troubling him momentarily. He was winning a contest. It was Glenn Tropeel's nature to win contests, and his nature to create them. Gala Tropeel, young, dark, attractive, with a haunted look, came in tentatively, carrying coffee from some secret hoard of hers. Glenn Tropeel affected not to notice. He stared coldly out at the cold landscape. The sea, white with thin ice, was nearly out of sight, so far had it retreated as the little sun waned. Glenn! Ah, good! 
Glenn. Where was the proper mode of first greeting one's husband? Where was the prescribed throat-clearing upon entering a room? Assiduously, he had untaught her the meticulous ritual of manners that they had all of them been brought up to know, and it was the greatest of his many victories over her that sometimes, now, she was the aggressor. She would be the first to depart from the formal behavior prescribed for citizens. Depravity! Perversion! Sometimes they would touch each other at times which were not the appropriate coming-together times, Gala sitting on her husband's lap in the late evening, perhaps, of Tropile kissing her awake in the morning. Sometimes he would force her to let him watch her dress. No, not now, for the cold of the waning sun made that sort of frolic unattractive. But she had permitted it before, and such was his mastery over her that he knew she would permit it again.